Let me begin by reading for us uh, again the uh, Lord's prayers. It's found in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now tonight we're going to be coming to the third petition in the Lord's Prayer, which is your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. John Calvin said the most important part of God's kingdom lies in his will being done. Robert Law said, prayer is a mighty instrument, not forgetting man's will done in heaven, but forgetting God's will done in earth. And I think when we pray, we, our tendency is to so much be more concerned that God know and receive and do our will than it is for us to pray for God's will to be done. And so we take up this evening this petition, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Please consider this third petition with me. Just as the first petition, hallowed be your name, logically leads into the second petition, your kingdom come. So the third logically follows the second. The coming of the kingdom is intimately connected with God's will being done. Your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. But what exactly are we praying for in this petition, this third petition in the Lord's Prayer? What is meant by the words, your will? The concept of the will of God has two distinct elements. The first is the eternal decrees of God, which are his will and his purpose, those things that he has determined that he will do. But the will of God also uh, takes up a second element, and that is the moral will of God, which are the moral and spiritual principles of God, which, uh, which we ought to live by, those things that are are uh, realities based in the character of God and the attributes of God. And these are two very different things. So what is it that we are praying for when we pray according to this petition, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven? Well, Thomas Watson said this, the will of God to which reference is made is clearly the revealed will expressed in his law. It is that will which is done in heaven, but not yet to any great extent on earth. On the other hand, the will of God's decree or his plan from eternity is always being realized both in heaven and on earth. And he gives his scriptural references, Daniel 4.35 and Ephesians 1.11. And cannot be the subject of our prayer. Watson is saying that we do not pray for God's eternal decrees to come to pass, for they are surely being done in both heaven and earth. And there's no difference between what's being done 
in heaven and what's being done in earth when it comes to the decrees of God, the eternal purposes of God. Those things are being done. Instead, we are praying concerning the moral will of God, which is being done in heaven by the holy angels and by the spirits of the righteous made perfect. That language coming from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 23, that is those saints that have gone on and have been made perfect there in the presence of God in heaven. But which is not being done in a comprehensive way here in this fallen sinful world. This petition tells us a number of important things. The first is this. The gospel of Jesus is not antinomian. And when I use that term, I hope you know what it means. But it means it's not anti-law. It's not against the law of God. But rather the gospel results in a greater obedience to God's precepts. Paul says that the purpose of his ministry in word and deed was to bring the Gentiles to obedience, Romans 15, 18. And so there's not some kind of conflict between the gospel and the law of God. In fact, when we have this petition before us, that we're going to pray that God's will be done, we are praying that his moral will, those things that he has he has revealed to us that he is pleased for us to do those moral, uh, those moral principles. Uh, we are praying that his law be done here in the earth. As people believe in Christ, they're enabled more and more to die to sin and live to righteousness. As the kingdom of God progresses in the earth through the gospel, the earth will become more and more like heaven. For people will be willingly subjecting themselves to God's authority. That is what Christian people do. In the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve rejected God's will in order to follow the desires of their own hearts. This, of course, resulted in the ruin of the whole human race. And the essence of sin and rebellion against God is human autonomy in morality and in ethics. Men would determine for themselves what is good and what is evil. Because of sin and depravity, men do not want to be told what to do by God. And thus they invent from their own imaginations false religions or flawed philosophies or humanistic laws. Men suppress the true knowledge of God in every aspect of their lives and with the death and resurrection of Christ and the coming of the kingdom with power, all of this rebellion is being progressively turned back by the gospel and by, sal by the salvation that comes from our Lord Jesus Christ. The coming of the kingdom means, that the co means also the coming of the king's laws and his statutes and his ordinances. To embrace the king involves bowing the knee to him and his law as expressed in his words. It is to do the will of God. And that is what we are praying for when we pray this petition. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Secondly, the more that people on earth submit to the Redeemer and obey his laws, the more the earth will be like heaven. Peaceful, loving, harmonious, and joyful. 
And is this not exactly what we experience in Christ's church when we live in unity and peace through gospel principles? We, we are having, we are having, we hope, we trust in our church experience, in our Christian community. We hope that we're having a piece of heaven, a foretaste of what heaven will be like uh, as we live together with our brothers and sisters in Christ, in peace and in unity. The idea that Christ's kingdom will not be expressed here on the earth until some future age or that God's eternal moral precepts have nothing to, to do with us today is totally contrary to this prayer. We're saying the very opposite when we pray this prayer. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This petition envisions the moral will of God reaching into this world. And that is precisely what we are instructed to pray for. That the will of God will be done here and here and here around this world. Thirdly, this petition teaches us the importance of teaching and preaching the whole counsel of God in Christ's church. If the earth is to be more like heaven by the observance of God's will, then the people of God must have good understanding of the scriptures and of Bible doctrine and of biblical ethics. The idea that is common today that doctrine and the deep study of God's word are unimportant is the exact opposite of the intent of this third petition in the Lord's Prayer. How can earth be like heaven more and more without doctrine and truth from heaven? How can people live according to God's will when they do not bother to know what his will is? God requires obedience with faith and faith requires knowledge of, the, of God's word. Ephesians chapter 5 verses 15 through 17 say this. Look carefully then how you walk. Not as unwise but as wise. Making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore do not be foolish but understand what the will of the Lord is. If we're going to truly pray and engage in this third petition, thy will be done, then we need to understand what things are actually consistent with the will of God. How can we pray that well if we don't understand the scriptures and what God's principles and precepts and laws are? This is exactly what we were talking about this past Wednesday evening when we considered the centrality and the primacy of preaching as the first important mark of, the, of a true church. Now the flip side of this aspect of the third petition is that doctrine, ethics, and worship that are not based on the word of God are not in accord with this petition and cannot be so. You cannot righteously pray this prayer, your will be done, if you don't know and don't care to know what God's will is as it has been revealed. The angels of heaven do exactly what God has commanded without any deviation. They don't depart to the right or to the left. They don't add to or, or subtract from God's revealed will. There are no ceremonies and ordinances in heaven that have been created by their imaginations. 
when men make up their own ethics and theology and practices, they are working against God's will and against this third petition of this model prayer. If we are to live consistently with this third petition, then we must obey God's will sincerely and carefully and promptly and fervently. If God's name is to be hallowed more and more, and if his, if his kingdom is to come more and more, then we must, we must reverence his law and his worship, which he has given to us more and more. The kingdom of God can only advance when the church obeys God's will. William Hendrickson said this, It is the ardent desire of the person who sincerely breathes the Lord's prayer that the Father's will shall be obeyed as completely and heartedly and immediately on earth as this is constantly being done by all the inhabitants of heaven. Thomas Watson said this, By doing God's will, we show our love to Christ. He that has, his com- has my commandments and keepeth them he it is that loveth me, John fourteen twenty one. What greater love to Christ than to do his will, though it cross our own. Everyone would be thought to love Christ. He's saying that everyone would like for people to think, other people to think that they love Christ. But how shall it be known but by this? Do you do his will on earth? It is a vain thing for a man to say he loves Christ's person. When he slights his commands, not to do God's will on earth is a great evil. What are we really praying for when we pray this prayer? Thomas Matton, one of the Puritans, says this. Here is the request itself. Thy will be done. What doth this imply when we say, let thy will be done? And then he gives three things. Number one, we beg a heart to do it. That is that we beg God when we make this, when we pray this. We beg God that he would give us a heart to do his will. Deuteronomy 5.29, Oh, that there were such a heart in them that they would fear me and keep all my commandments always. It is not enough to set ourselves to do what God hath commanded, but we must get a renewed, sanctified heart. Number two, he says, is to beg skill to do it. The ability to do it. Psalm 143.10 Teach me to do thy will, for thou art my God. We beg that God would teach us and lead us forth in the obedience of his will. And then number three, we beg strength to do it. It is said, Hebrews 13, 21, the God of peace through the blood of the everlasting covenant make you perfect in every good work to do his will. We beg strength that we may do what is pleasing in his sight. In our will, there is a double mischief. It is opposite to and averse from God, Romans 8, 7. The carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can it be. 
and it is strongly inclined to other things, and this both by nature and by evil custom. There is an aversion from God, which is natural and which is increased by custom. Therefore, it is God who must give us a heart to do his will and skill and strength. Thus God, thus God, he must draw us off from other things, which is called the circumcising of the heart, Deuteronomy 36. He must draw us out and he must draw us on. If we're going to pray this prayer as we should, he says that God must draw us off from other things. He must draw us out and he must draw us on towards the doing of his will. Beg for a heart to do it. Beg for skill to do it. Beg for strength to do it. I want to close by reading, as I have in recent weeks, the question in the Westminster Larger Catechism. Question 192. What do we pray for in the third petition? Answer. In the third petition which is, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Acknowledging that by nature we and all men are not only utterly unable and unwilling to know and to do the will of God, but by nature, excuse me, but prone to rebel against his word, to repine, and the word repine means, we don't say repine every day, it means to express content or or to fret over something. That we have the tendency to repine and murmur against his providence and wholly inclined to do the will of the flesh and of the devil. We pray that God would by his spirit take away from ourselves and others all blindness, weakness, indisposedness, and perverseness of heart and by his grace make us able and willing to know do and submit to his will in all things with the like humility, cheerfulness, faithfulness, diligence, zeal, sincerity, and constancy as the angels do in heaven. And I think that's a wonderful statement of what it is that we are praying for when we pray this third petition of the Lord's Prayer, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven.